If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Nick Zaccario. And I'm Taylor Zaccario. And on this episode of Obscure Obsessions 2. It's the lamest white person party you've ever seen. Yeah. They have like ruffles and, <laughs> and sour cream and onion dip. You can eat like a king in the football. Right. What was that kid's juvenile Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> All right, good one. Because, you know, I love Clint Howard. You know, he's, of course, famous for being... Uh, Ron Howard's brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's groovy, man. <laughs> and now... Here are your hosts. You have them trying to churn out reboots of Disney shows to the point where even Lizzie McGuire herself is like, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing that." Well, because she was, they were gonna be in it, but I think they I want, thought they started. They did, and, but they think they were going for a more realistic approach to a woman in her 30s. Right. And Disney wanted a again a sanitized. I don't, I don't know why I didn't go to Hulu because I thought that was the point of it. Well, now she's in doing a weird How way. I met yeah, your... right now it's How I Met Your Father. So there, she does get it. Essentially... How dare they with Bob Saget dead? I don't think they were planning for Bob we, Saget to be dead by the time par- it premiered. I partially blame our watching of Dirty Work for <laughs> for his hitting his head and dying. Is that really like once again? Is that really our fault? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. I guess. <laughs> you know who else I'm a, who I'm, I'm sad about. MC Ganey. Yeah. Because our our first episode... He's not dead, is he? No, he's alive. Okay. But our first episode last year was called We Love You, MC Ganey. And I think we talked about him for two seconds. But also, I think that that There's title... a little popcorn fart. That, <laughs> I think that title came, like, the day before we were going to well, premiere it. Well, because that was part of my... When I write up the descriptions that right. go on there, that was one of the... Little I, extra I, little, and I always imagine those. Wait, let me look that up because that's interesting. I think you're correct because I always picture like okay, the game episode was. Well, remember the game episode wasn't gonna be our first episode. Yeah, and that when in re-listening to it, it's weird because we definitely already had planned for other episodes to come before that. I think the original was gonna be the Jaws up, ep- Jaws four. Yeah, but then we scrapped that one. And uh, yeah, because like when I write the descriptions, I always picture like um, the guy from Batman, the the um, sixty six, the one who writes like Zhao. Or... No, the guy who does like the voiceover. Oh, gotcha. Whose whose name, by the way, I didn't realize this is oh god, I think Desmond Danger or something like that. Like that the character, his legal the ca- name. No, no, oh, okay. no, no, the character's name was that. But okay, like th- this was the first description on our first episode last year it went uh, also featuring man killing spiders what's the matter colonel sanders christopher walken shows his legs happy thanksgiving wednesday adams the most new york kid of all time and praise be to you mc ganey and see that's how they're meant to that's be how that's read. the inflection if people are listening like if you're if you're looking reading. at it and reading it in your head that's what you're supposed to hear yeah but I feel like we didn't give MC proper Ganey, deference. Yeah, proper deference. Why was it that we? Cause, well, we were talking about him because he was a tour bus driver. Well, yeah, he was a country bear. I think that's where it came. I mean, we were just talking about like we like him as a oh, character, actor. and we had watched Meet the Deedles. Right, that was the other. Not one. long before that, and I he was also in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air where he played a ex convict who Will gets him to be Uncle Phil's like houseboy. And the, the the place is robbed, and it's a it's a funny episode. because of the fact he is a, a character actor. He was also in your convict theme. Yeah. He was the pilot 
in the movie Con Air. That's right. So he like helps take over the plane with oh god, what's his name? John Malkovich and. Yeah, he has a few a few good one-liners in that one. I mean, he's someone who, you know, doesn't have the face of a uh, someone who's going to be a leading he wasn't, man. He wasn't exactly a uh, chiseled by the guys. Yeah, but, but hey, I, 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 he's one of those actors when he appears in a movie. Oh, also, by the fact, neither are we. So Yeah, I'm not going to be the star of a movie. <laughs> Although, I was reading a book about Dustin Hoffman, and Dustin Hoffman wasn't considered a leading man when he did The Graduate, yeah. because he had, he had you know what was called ethnic features, which of course is a racist way of saying to New York is I think the, the way people sometimes put that. <laughs> but I still think that was a fun episode to do. And uh, I thought maybe we should play it again. Well, also considering like that's something that we do on our spare time anyway. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it had something to do where we would be. Oh, Desmond Doomsday, excuse me, was wow. the car- the in universe name. Of the narrator of Batman 66. Desmond, Somehow that feels less... Well, Desmond... They never say it, but... Who Desmond is, Doomsday. Who was... Versus Desmond Danger. I don't know. Which one sounds... I don't know. Desmond they, sound, they both sound a little lame, if yeah, I'm They both honest. sound like 60s porn stars. <laughs> but... Hi, man. I'm here to clean out your pipes. And he he was played by William Dozier, who was the producer oh, of okay. the show. And William Dozier said, well, no one's doing it right. I'm going to do it. Which I'm sure was a totally selfless act. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure he didn't want any. Listen, for the sanity of everyone and for the uh, the good of the show. Yeah, for the good of the show, I'm gonna be Batman now. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun to play another round of. Um, do we ever come up with a name for this? Uh, no, this, uh, I, I. If we did movie quote game. Yeah, that's basically the shorthand for it. Now, explain to me the rules again, because okay. I don't remember the rules. What we decided. Well, we play this in the pool. Yeah, but I think what we've always agreed is that it's. No inflections, whatever the quote is from. Right. And each quote, you get three hints each of... Unless I change the rule. Unless you change the rules, right. which it, but you I think probably that's, I will. I think that's a good... A good it's um, good parameters. Good parameters. We only talked about doing this, I think, yesterday. Yeah. But even still, I had a very hard time <laughs> narrowing down what I wanted to do. And Well, I didn't even narrow it down. I think I actually hit on a weird theme okay. of sequels since we're kind okay, of talking good. about uh, I, this is our sequel season. I have I did not I have a few sequels. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. I have a few sequels, a few that I'll, that I'll throw in, play a little loosey goosey. Loose so these are movies that I'm almost positive. In fact, I'm 100% positive. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good scene. <laughs> that's see, And I think there's a difference between almost and completely. I'm right. completely positive you've seen these because I've watched them with you. Gotcha. I can say comfortably four out of the five we've watched together. And if for some reason we double up, we'll just do another one. Whatever. Again, the rules are the rules right. are kind of I have ten in case we double up. Gotcha. I couldn't narrow it down. And I was lying in bed watching Looney Tunes. I've been doing this thing where, you know, on, on um, HBO Max, they have, like we've said before, thousands. Right. I'm going through them in what appears to be chronological order. From okay. the very earliest ones to see how far I get, which has been fun. But I, I say tisk, tisk, tisk to uh, HBO Max because they're not technically in chronological order. Really? Because in the, in the quote-unquote season one, they have one from 1966. Then they have one called Goopy Gear, who is kind of a proto... He de- debuted 39 days before Goofy... He's kind of a goofy type, but it's out of order, and I was I was disturbed by that. So because I was so disturbed, I paused and I thought, let me let me make a big list to to, to make myself feel better. Right. 
So who wants to go first? Well, I went last time first. So okay. why don't we actually flip the script, if you will? Okay, so we're, why, right. why don't you lead? And we'll all, oh, well, I'll, I'll just see if I can figure out how to do that. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, but the but the key thing is we don't give inflection, no. right? No inflection. Okay. And that the hint should get increasingly more obvious. Okay, I'm going to lob you one. I'm going okay. to lob an easy one, I think. Gotcha. Okay, ready? Baseball's just a phase. It'll pass, but science is always cool. Honey, I shrunk the kids. No, you're... So close. So close. So close. Oh, honey, we shrunk ourselves. That's right. Well done. Wow. Okay. That was actually supposed to be in my list last season. Interesting. But that was a holdover. Honey, we shrunk ourselves is a strange, strange film because it's not good by any standard. However. However, I like it. You know, it's a weird one because... That was a straight-to-VHS movie. That What's interesting about that one is that was supposed to be theatrical, but Disney was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a market to release live-action movies straight-to-VHS. Well, straight yeah. Let's experiment with Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. And so that's why it it's, has a little bit more technical merits. At that point, too, it's not... It's not so minimal that it feels like it hinders the movie. Yeah, no. But in comparing it to the original, it, it does feel a little bit like they're cutting corners yeah, it's and definitely stuff like cheaper. that. But that being said, it is a nice way to, to flip audience expectations. And it feels more like a truer sequel. Absolutely. Than blew up. The second one. Because, and, and, it's, and it's fun to see. Well, also, it's talking about character actors as... Um, uh, Stuart Pankin. Stuart Pankin, who I love Stuart Pankin. And he's one of those guys, once again, you don't... We love you, Stuart Pankin. <laughs> you don't know him until you see his face. Here's how I think most people know him, is either as... Well, is the commander of Xenon's spaceship thing. Oh, wow, yeah. I in, totally forgot about that. In um, Xenon Girl of the 20... By the way, we're here. In the 21st century, right. no one is up in space yet. Uh, you know, living well, in space. Well, we don't know that. Yet. No, we don't know. the The other thing that's fun about well, it also has some very weird dark moments because isn't there like an attempted date rape in one scene? Well, in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, not in. No, remember the the whole thing is that Stuart Pankin's daughter wants to be a little bit more rebellious, and yeah, she invites all the cool kids over for a party when they think their parents are out of town. Right. It's like the it's the lamest white person party you've ever seen. Yeah. They have like ruffles and, <laughs> and sour cream and onion dip. But that being said too, like the the thing that makes we shrunk ourselves fun is not only is it now that the parents are dealing with the situation of being tiny, but rather than being trapped in kind of the hellish landscape of their backyard, yeah. It's almost like the being inside the house, there's just as much danger as outside. Right, because, because of all they, the people who are there. Well, and also, like, they you know they try to get downstairs by using the race car and the laundry chute. And, That's a, and then, don't they ride on bubbles? Yeah, they, they jump point? into a bubble maker, which I'm... I don't care how small you are or how tiny. <laughs> I don't think that that's really how bubbles work. I don't yeah. think that you could send... Yeah, because they're inside the bubbles and... But and what, that was the a, the AC is blowing them in a correct... In but like what am I fa- thinking is the creep... There's something creepy that happens. The cool kid guy 
forces himself onto the the girl, and she's like, "No!" And she pushes him away. And when the mom and the aunt are little, and they're there, and they're like, "You go, her. girl! Yeah, you go, girl!" You che- then they're cheering. And, oh, and then the other kid. Well, okay. Important to, to note, right? Is there's a few people in this movie who are great, and a few have, who have questionable backgrounds. Yeah, <laughs> because you have Rick Moranis. They changed the mom this time. It's, yeah. n- it's no longer unreasonably. It's no longer Marcia Strassman, who I guess chronologically this takes place also after Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, right? Oh, right. Which was the Disney World Epcot show, which I never saw. I, I remember you. And I don't I remember having about years, years. I remember years. explaining. I, I must have said this in another episode, but I, I remember explaining 3D films to you. Yeah, we talked about that. I think in the in the Disney World. One. Yeah, because. And then the mice, but okay. But Eve Gordon, but isn't that Marcia Strassman is in that one? Is Adam in that one too? That's what I can't remember. I don't think so. I think might I think it might be Nick is in it, but not Adam. Yeah. Uh, honey, I shrunk the audience with an exclamation point at the end. Has uh, yeah, you, no, Adam's not in that one. So I guess that takes place. Somewhere in the middle. This is how we really hit rock bottom. We're trying <laughs> to figure out the continuity. Of a 3D Disney show. Um, but the other person who's in is Bug Hall, who, who people will know from Little Rascals. As he was Alfalfa. Alfalfa. And he's had a career since. using the big green. The, yeah. So oh, that was before. Some weird, like, some like he had some weird movies around that time period, too. But me, uh, strangely... Miss, well, Mrs. Ashton Kutcher... Right, Miss Mila Kunis... Is uh, one of the friends. Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a fleeting cameo. And then, most tragically, in the cast... <laughs> do you remember this person? I'll give you a hint. She was arrested for sex trafficking. Oh, yeah. Allison Mack is the daughter. She's the daughter who gets yeah. almost sexually assaulted? Yeah. Well, that's irony right there. That is, uh, that is creepy. <laughs> but I think that... We Shrunk Ourselves has a more uh, faithful tone to what the original was going for. Yeah, it, and it makes more sense as a sequel. It feels more connected. If you're looking for a genuine... The first one is the best one. Sure. Unquestionably, it has the best effects. It has the best obstacles. Right. They, ne- they never are able to create the same level of scary obstacles in any of the subsequent No, ones. and while the, the third one feels... You know, still lighter in tone. Yeah. It does feel, though, like they're trying to do as much as they can with not only the money that they had, but the premise of, all right, now the adults have the problem. no control yeah. over the situation. And they're they're also, in, that, in, in this movie, they're having to learn how to kind of give up control to what their kids want. And their kids have to kind of learn about what it means to, like, not be a, a kid anymore. We have to be an, adults. Right. Even though we're only... Thirteen or twelve, thirteen years old, <laughs> and also and Bug course, Hall just wants to go to baseball camp. Of course, Amy, she's not in this one either. She no, gets Nick's at, not even in it either. Yeah, he they was, get screwed out twice. Uh, who directed this movie? Because the first one was question. one of our favorites. Um, the great Mr. Joe, Joe Johnson. Johnson. This one is Dean. Ooh, I better pronounce this correctly. Dean Cundy. Why is that Cundy? name familiar? He won. He was nominated for an Oscar. For best cinematography for Who Framed Roger oh, Rabbit. Oh, so he was a technical that's interesting. person. Oh, the fog. Oh, he he was he did a lot of. Um, You're right. You no, know, that is Psycho Two. Familiar Psycho Two. Yeah, he did. Um, oh, and oh, Peter Peter Griffin's favorite movie, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> okay. Oh, and he did Casper. A lot of oh Flubber. 
Wow, this guy did a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. He, so he as a as a he was a cinematographer, a cinematographer primarily. Yeah. And, and well, then, that's interesting. Of course, the two uh, Back to the Future films. That's great. All right, let's move on to the next one. So we have Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. That's a real very very interesting first <laughs> choice. All right. No, I'm always bad at this because I can't remember what I just read. However, I think this one I I tried to really lob you an easy one. Okay. There. Okay. All right. That's a little fluffy bunny rabbit. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 a Mike Myers line, right? No. Oh, I think, I think I did that last time. I think I always thought you jumped straight to Mike Myers. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got you got it's it. Ben House and Broomstick. You're right. And how is he saying? It's a little fluffy bunny rabbit. It's a little fluffy bunny rabbit. I was picturing Austin Powers. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Bellows and Broomsticks is one of our favorites. I feel like we've talked about it ad nauseum already, but it doesn't matter no. because it's so good. And the premise alone is insane. Because when I was growing up as a kid, I, like many, thought this was a sequel to Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I watched Mary Poppins so many times, that, and I, I still have it. I had the, the 1993 VHS release. Right. I watched it so many times. Only the cover of it. The front remains. cover. The, the, the back cover was destroyed because I watched it so much. And they used to, there was the poster where you saw, okay, there's the dad from Mary Poppins. Right. The great David Tomlinson. There's two kids who kind of, I guess, look like Mike and Jane. Right. Michael and Jane. And there's a third kid. And I remember thinking, oh, that's their neighbor. Like, I invented <laughs> the, the, the this backstory. That this was a, but when I eventually saw it, it was, of course, not a sequel. But no. It was made by the same director, Robert Stevenson, mm-hmm. who was one of these. I've been like I told you, I've been doing this crazy watch of a lot of um, Disney films, right? And his name pops up all the time. In being completely transparent, the split between Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks yeah. for me is no question. I loved Bedknobs and Broomsticks way, way, way more. Really, I like the mystical element that they were going for, and yeah. of course, you have. You, it's, you're talking about two two different greats. You have Angela Lansbury versus Julie Andrews. Right. But I'd rather choose Miss Lansbury. And, and that's uh, we're talking about you know tight, tight, tight. Because Robert Stevenson also directed Mary Poppins, so it, it makes sense. And and it's the and it's the Sherman Brothers doing the music and the animation when there is the animated sequence. They I like the animated similar. sequence more in Bedknobs and Broomsticks than Mary Poppins. Even though I think Mary Poppins has more emotional weight to it. Right. I do think. There's a there's a zany element of the animation sequence in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I don't think that like the supercalifragilistic scene is as zany as no no. Well, that was almost like we're taking this deadly serious because this is the first time this has been done on a major scale. Right, right, right. The other thing that's fun in um, Mary Poppins is David Tomlinson gets to play like a real scumbag. You know, because he's, he's a nice scumbag. No, in Mary Poppins, he's like uh, uptight, and in in Bedknobs, he's right. He, he's a con a, man. Yeah, he's a con man, con man scumbag, and it's fun to watch him do that. And, and of course, my favorite song in that is um, Eglantine, Eglantine. <laughs> oh, how you shine! And I love any movie that has a book in it. And of course, there's the Isle of Nabooboo book, and they have Sam Jaffe who plays um, the bookman, who was most famous for being Gunga Din, like. The movie Gunga oh, Din, he was okay. Gunga Din. He was a child star. And then you see him much older in gotcha. life. And that's another... Who else is in... Oh, gosh. 
Well, Isn't Ronnie McDowell? Ronnie McDowell, the bookworm himself, right. is the... He's like the priest? Well, he's technically a reverend because in the longer cut, he wants to get into Angela Berry's right, pants right. in order to marry her for her wealth. And the other thing that's fun about that movie is the... Um, oh, that's another case of where I always felt that the, the ending battle dragged a little bit. Especially if you're watching the, the, the ungodly cut. But I, I think, too, that there's something... Once again, so funny about the way that it's a movie. It's a Disney movie, nonetheless, about a witch using a, a found object from a cartoon world to defeat the Nazis. Right. I mean, it's essentially a World War II movie, <laughs> you know, produced by Disney, but involving uh, magic and boots coming to life and swords <laughs> coming to life. And of course, right. the three kids are Peter, Peter, Paul, Paul, and Susan. Susan. But Bedknobs and Broomsticks also has a great scene where they're sitting around. Oh, there's Cosmic Creepers, who's the cat. And the little boy, is it Charlie? Oh, you're right. It's Charlie. It's not Peter. Isn't that from Narnia? Yeah. Peter you're Susan. probably right. But when the little boy gets turned into a rabbit. But. And then chased through the house by the cat that wants to kill and eat him. And this line comes from the fact that his brother is not necessarily terrified. He's amused that the witch couldn't get the spell quite right. <laughs> Right, because Angela Lansbury is not just a witch; she's a crappy witch. Right, <laughs> she can't even do because she's like a court. She can't even. She essentially it. does the modern equivalent of taking an online class right. to become a witch. And that's where uh, David Tomlinson comes into the story because he's the bogus. He's supposedly got this very important and rare spell. And remember, they go to his house, but it's not really his house. Yeah, it's like a. It's just a house that's been left over. Because of the the Nazis bombing of the English, uh, of the London. Right. Houses have been abandoned. And so they're and the, just... And the reason the three kids go to live with Angela Lansbury... Is because, because they're... Isn't their parents... Their parents have been... Or have they been... No, I, I don't think they say that the parents have been killed, but that they're being put into into safety in the country. Right. But when they go to the house that David Tomlinson is living in, there's a bomb out front. <laughs> There's a Nazi I war bomb. This is a crazy, but it's also just like, how in the world did this movie get made? Okay, so their names are Charlie, Carrie, and Paul. Oh. Susan, there's some cross-pollination with yeah, Narnia. Yeah. But I love, I do love this movie. It, it, it's hard for me to choose one or the other, but I, I choose both. I, I take both. Do not, and I will repeat, will repeat this from other podcasts, do not get the, the I think it's called the Enchanted Extended Cut or something. It's, the, it's something magical edition. And where they've added in scenes that were deleted, but the problem is they couldn't find a lot of the audio. So Angela Lansbury came back to redub her voice. Fine, she sounds like Angela Lansbury. But the kids are adults now, and David Tomlinson is dead. So they've inserted kids who don't sound anything like from one scene. Sometimes within the scene, right? their voices change. I think in the end it adds a little bit that the kids are going to stay with Angela Lansbury. It adds stuff about Roddy McDowell. But go but, on. Well, also more than anything too, like I can think of the most glaring example where it's annoying is that the song Portobello Road oh, in yeah. the original cut is already a pretty lengthy song. It becomes like a half hour mini It's movie. crazy. I think it's originally like six or seven minutes. I'm pretty sure it's like a 12 to 15 minute number in yeah. the extended yeah. cut. Portobello like Road. does not end. Portobello Road. You can eat like a king in the Portobello Road. What was that kid's juvenile Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> All right, good one. And, and watch it on Disney Plus if you can... 
I mean, that one's the original kind. Yeah, that's the that's the safest bet. Right. Uh, okay, I'll go now. Okay, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Lo- okay, here's a here's another sequel. Okay. I'm gonna lob. This is, I think, a lob for you. Oh, and, and, and as we were recording this, the Olympics are going on now. Are they? Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. Oh, okay. I, I guess people watch the Olymp- the Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah, you're right. So here's something that has nothing to do with the Olympics, but sounds like it does. Okay. Okay. Ooh, nice form, but a little rough on the landing. He may have to settle for the bronze. Oh, hold on Portobello a second. Road. Portobello. That, that'll be the thinking music. Nice form. <laughs> but uh, Portobello. Well, should I sing? Should I say it again? Yeah. Ooh, nice form, but a little rough on the landing. He may have to settle for the bronze. Mm. Oh, here's another hint. Is it? Okay. Want one hint? Is this hint number one? Yeah, this would be hint number okay. one. This is the third film. Batman Forever. You got it. Okay. I thought it was, <laughs> is it Surf's Up in Kahuna? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> it's when, they, I, when he kills Ed Bagley Jr., right? Yes. Where he throws him through the window. There's the first contestant <laughs> on Brain Drain. Right, and we would later steal that title. You know, I, I do not get, it's, all right, I do get it, but I don't understand how people can't at least enjoy Jim Carrey's performance yeah. in Batman Forever. Especially if you've seen the Frank Gorshin one. There's a, a, Gorshin definitely plays him more psychotically, but there's a clear lineage between the two performances of comedian. Frank Gorshin was mm-hmm. a comedian. On top of the fact, too, that like, unless you're just, you don't find Jim Carrey funny at all, yeah, which, this would be like peak Jim yeah, Carrey. This is right up there. Oscillating at like, mask and, or and of the sequels he's ever done this is b- by far and away the best sequel <laughs> between pretty bad Wendy margin calls but... and uh dumb and dumber two two and the other thing that i love if you don't like tommy lee jones that i understand because yeah. he's not really playing two phase but i don't know i there i've learned to just accept the schumacher films as a continuation basically of the Adam West series. Yeah, I mean, that's how I always feel like... Particularly the Batman and Robin one. I don't hate them because they are so tongue-in-cheek. They are so campy. Yeah. I just think, too, that, like, we've talked about it already, but, like, there's no reason for Batman to be so (laughs) freaking serious. Like, it's just... Well, but in this one, the only part of it I don't like are those flashbacks to when Bruce Wayne is a kid. Yeah. Because I don't... Well, you know, there's apparently a much longer. There's like a three-hour Schumacher cut. Well, we won't get it now, unfortunately. Well, no, that it's that it's exists. It's it's out there in a vault someplace, oh, and all okay. they have to do is pull it out and put it together. All right, he's dead, but but I, I always I, I don't like when f- they do the. It's one of the reasons I always watch Batman Begins less is I don't like bifurcated narratives. I want oh, gotcha. it to just go forward with it. But is Val Kilmer the greatest Batman? No, no. Is it a fun movie? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Is Coolio in that one? Or is Coolio in the... F- no, Coolio's in the four... Uh, darn. Um, no. No, he he's not. Because I think that's when Alicia Silverstone right. is on a motorcycle. Because I like that part, the part I chose... That was always my favorite... One of my favorite parts when he... Where he turns on the machine and he's and it goes into. I still can't really understand the plot exactly. I know he's draining their knowledge from their minds. 
I to thought it was smarter. Yeah, I thought it was like a mind control thing where when you have the box set up on the TV, it would essentially allow the Riddler to access information about you while you weren't right. and, paying and, attention. And you become smarter because you're draining information. It doesn't really matter. No. And also, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. But the point being is that you can't deny that Jim Carrey is giving 110%. Yeah, and he does this very strange stalker element. You know, he's a stalker. Right. Of, which was then copied years later in one of the Spider-Man. Is it Spider-Man 2? Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Where uh, Electro, Electro is essentially... I don't know if he's stalking Super Spider-Man, but he's certainly obsessed with him. Right. And I like that. And I also, I love the scene in Batman Forever where well, uh, he's going through his costumes. He's trying to figure out, <laughs> question mark, man? <laughs> Captain <But> Kill. <laughs> My favorite Jim Carrey bit in that movie, though, yeah. I think is when he destroys the Batcave. Because he, I love this. I love the part where he's throwing the bombs and he goes down the hallway and he goes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially because he has to wear that very uncomfortable with it with his whole and say what you will bits too. And caboodles. I mean, he makes anything like any costume that he's wearing not look incredibly painful. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Grinch is probably one of the most that's probably the top one exhausting looking costumes to have been in, but he at least goes for yeah. it and i also like the part where he uh oh i know it is with his mole where he see where he's dre- he's starting to dress like bruce wayne and oh, he says yeah. to drew barrymore how's my mole because <laughs> <laughs> oh that's another one debbie Mazer is in that one sugar and spice and uh and uh drew barrymore, drew barrymore. randomly is in that it's you and you <laughs> Oh yeah, when they when they team up and uh Two Face, show me how to punch a guy. <laughs> it's very simple, my boy. You pull your <laughs> exert yourself. Ow! <laughs> and he's counting and he's got the oh, t- yeah. he's got the tiara. Three hundred and fifty four, three hundred and fifty five. I've lost count. <laughs> I mean this is peak. This is the zenith time for Jim Carrey. I and I again, I know it's campy. Yeah. So but so does the rest. Most, not all the movie, but a lot of the movie is leans heavily into. Yeah. It. Although, like I say, those flashbacks do get kind of dark, and, and and the fact that Bruce Wayne is going to psychoanalysis with also at this point too. I mean, we we get it. He's he saw it's his a, parents. It's die, a little like, bit. It's definitely the bridge between the darker Tim Burton ones and the lighter, much much lighter. I I always preferred Batman and Robin, but when I was a kid, I always watched those two. Right. Forever and, and 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 Robin, and Robin and Robin more than I watched the other because I wasn't allowed to watch the second the returns. But uh, yeah, I think Batman Forever, great choice should be good. Great, now great. now of course we have Jackass Forever. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. so anything's possible. Number what are we at three? Number two. Oh. <laughs> right, I tell you, once I get past the number one, I'm totally you're, lost. You're ever- I'm lost math wise. <laughs> All right, you ready for this one? I'm ready. You pay this woman to sit on babies? That's disgusting. I'd do it for nothing. The fat bastard and Mike Myers. <laughs> Mike Myers. Oh, I know what it is. I got it. <laughs> I knew. I knew. Okay, that time I was that right. That time you were correct. I was thinking how fat bastard wanted to eat mini me right. as a baby. So it's cat in the hat. Right? Baby, baby, baby. Cat in the hat. Cat right? in the hat. Yeah. Which is one of the most. 
See, here's here's a thing about yeah. Cat in the Hat, right? Is we sat down to watch this. You and I were fully aware that, like, you know, it's a Mike Myers movie. So, like, it's going to at least be Mike Myers-y and it's going to be, like, <laughs> funny, right? Yeah. I feel like we did not enjoy it the last time we watched it, which is strange because... When I saw it as a, you know, a little kid, I was laughing a lot, even though there were a lot of jokes that went over my head. And, and there's a lot of jokes that go over a kid's. I mean, and yeah, I remember us not liking anything about it. Like, it's just... Like, it wasn't even weird enough. No. And having it be released following The Grinch, it's trying to do The Grinch, which even at that, I don't think... Dr. Seuss's family really liked Well, because remember, his his widow has, since that film, forbidden any live-action Dr. Seuss had. Right. Because Which, that's why you've had Horton Here's a, a Who. The Lorax. Lorax. The, that but new isn't Grinch. But it, isn't it weird? Like, just think about this for a second. Like, there's dailies and there's, like, there's there's stuff to see. How, were, were they not anywhere involved? I, well, I guess? think, oh, the, the, them? I don't know. That's a good question. But the problem is with a big movie like that is once it move, once the train leaves the station, there's no, you can't stop it now. You can't no. say, this is, you, I was reading one of these my, these books about Dr. Doolittle, the, the 60s one, and they knew in the making of it that, oh, this is going to be a disaster, but we've spent so much money, we have no choice but to, just but finish, to it. finish it. And of course, nowadays, They'll do reshoots and they'll try to, and it it never comes out. You you end up get with um, Fantastic Four stick. <laughs> yeah, because Mike Myers is doing, a, what's his voice? I I think it's his he's, Linda Richmond voice. Like he's kind of doing. I don't even know how to describe it, but he's just he's just being Mike Myers. I think it's his Linda Richmond. Isn't it like a New York? Because that's Linda Richmond was the character he does, who was the one who was mm-hmm. in love with Barbara Streisand, was a, a parody of his mother-in-law. It's well, and you know what's what's funny about that too is that it's written by the same writing team as like Se- the dictator and, and Seinfeld, Seinfeld yeah. and Eurotrip. Like you think they have a joke why? in there somewhere? <laughs> but also, why? Why would they write a Doctor Seuss movie? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Doctors, the problem with any adaptation of Doctor Seuss is that they're not supposed to be movies. Right? They're, they're, they're design at the most. The best adaptation of Doctor Seuss is. The Boris the Karloff Grinch. Grinch. Because that at least it's is succinct a, yeah. and it, 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 it's a faithful... If you're going to do a feature-length Dr. Seuss, do like an anthology film. Do like 20-minute oh, okay, yeah. shorts. At, yeah, and 20 minutes might even be Cause too much. Because there's no way... But what's even stranger is, okay, you know they have to add filler. Why'd you add that filler? <laughs> you <laughs> like you have, you have Alec Baldwin playing a creepy... Uh, neighbor who like yeah mr really uh, hitting on kelly preston and well thank goodness that's all he was doing <laughs> because it, we may never even gotten the movie yeah kelly oh poor i love kelly preston and then who's the other person oh uh from will and grace um mr sean hayes sean hayes mr Humberflube. who who is he he somehow gives too intense of a performance and then too little of a performance. And then forgets to be funny in both. <laughs> because when he's Mr. Humberflute, he's like doing that like... He's like... I'm talking like this, which makes it funny that I'm pronouncing my words this And then way. I don't know how to control the volume of my voice! <laughs> and then he's the fish. Yeah. Oh, and then isn't it Spencer Breslin? And um, who's the Dakota other? Fanning. 
future squeaky from <laughs> from uh who well once upon a time in hollywood right uh and a lot of other things i like to pretend that if i can just turn my brain off again and just revisit it yeah like i i would still enjoy it but there's still i, I must admit though there are still times that i think about this movie like you dirty hoe. I'm sorry, baby. I love we'll you. explain that joke because if I remember correctly, he's walking in the backyard. He, they're trying to find the dog because the dog has the collar that is letting all the stuff out of their house or whatever. Right. And yeah. they jump the fence because the cat scares it away and he's holding on to a, a hoe, like to garden with. And a garden goes, hoe. Dirty hoe and throws it away and then he... It comes back to him, and he goes, I'm sorry, baby. I love you. <laughs> and I'm trying to... I think I've actually... I think I may have watched it before you. Yeah, I mean... Well, and then, it had been and out then we were, since and then, 2004. And then we were like, let's watch it, see if I was wrong. Because I think my initial impression was, I'm surprised I didn't like anything about it. Yeah, it's strange. Maybe we were just not in the right mood. Because I do still undeniably laugh at the, at the notion of this really adult and quite frankly very dirty cat in the hat and you know what else in grinch because everyone is in makeup it doesn't make it quite as disturbing that's that's a good point but because it's only mike myers in real makeup Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone else is in like a prosthetic makeup no and and then like that makes it way more scary and bo welch who's the director is like a big production designer so like it's strange that you know at least like the stuff that Susie looks interesting, but yeah. Oh, what's that woman's name? Amy Hill. You know her. She's the one who plays the. She's the she's the babysitter. The babysitter who, apparently, Mike Myers was such a douche on the making of this movie. That, <laughs> like this is where his one of his place where his reputation for being like he wouldn't speak to anybody. Uh-huh. He would only talk to like an intermediary. Gotcha. It was apparently a very uncomfortable shoot, and that she hated the <laughs> making of this movie and. I don't doubt it don't for doubt those it. reasons. I don't know why I could even recommend... I, I guess recommended just because... I think everyone should at least watch it once. Or try to watch it at least once. Oh, and remember Paris Hilton is in it? Yeah, unnecessarily. And Clint Howard is in it? Real briefly? Well, yes. Is it, oh, no, he's the Kate... Kate the Caterer? I don't even remember. Clint, got me. Because, you know, I love Clint Howard. You know, he's, of course, famous for being... Uh, Ron Howard's brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's a good one. Yeah. Very good one. So, and not really a sequel, but no. like, in, 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 they're like saying, you know, from the people that made The Grinch. So, in kind of a... Okay, I'm going to give you one that is a sequel. All right. Is this my number what? This is number three for you. Three. There's nothing wrong with wearing out if you've lived a life of usefulness. Hmm. Hmm. Portobello, oh, this will be our, our, our okay. This here. is the Portobello Road, street where the riches of ages are stowed. Anything and everything a chap can unload. Now I'm just now I'm just thinking of Portobello Road. <laughs> uh, give me a hint. Okay, this is a movie that is animated. Hmm. This is an animated film. Usefulness, not youthfulness. No, right? usefulness, like. Um, Brave Little Toaster? Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. That's, that's impressive that you got that Wow. One. <laughs> that's impressive that you got that one. I see. All right. Animated and useful, and I thought appliances. Right. 
Toaster. Good, good. When I was a kid, I used to endlessly watch The Brave Little Toaster and Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Which is the first and third, right? Here's the strange thing. There was another one called Brave Little Toaster to the the Rescue, rescue, right? Which I never owned on... Well, I think I... I can't remember now, but I definitely didn't watch it that much. As I understand it, Brave Little Toaster was such a success... It was not a Disney movie. People think it was a Disney movie. They've since acquired it, though, right? Yeah, because they acquire everything. Everything. I actually think John Lasseter uh, was involved in the making of Brave Little Toaster, the movie. Oh. Or at least Joe Raft Rant was, who, of course, was a a Pixar guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many of these people became members of Pixar. But there was Brave Little Toaster, and then they had two sequels. Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars and Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue. Right. But to the Rescue and then Goes to Mars. But Goes to Mars was ready for release first. So it was released... Second. Second. And then the movie that's supposed to be the second film was released third. So it's a movie that... So the sequel... Is technically the third The third film. And the third film is technically a prequel to the sequel, but a sequel to the original. (laughs) How could a movie called The Brave Little Toaster be so convoluted? <laughs> now, Brave Little Toaster, the first one, was actually a very good movie. Right. Uh, very dark at times. I mean, there's a scene where that, the... That's where I think it kind of falls into a trap of that Disney, feeling Disney because they had a number of those animated movies that yeah. properly balance lighthearted moments and very dark and scary a, moments. Because there's a scene where they plug in the... the um, air conditioner and the air conditioner like has a stroke <laughs> but then you get to the sequels which are all silly and lighthearted because okay in the sequel the se- well and this one in particular is bananas because it should have been called the brave little toaster goes bananas in monte carlo because the brave little toaster's master's son gets teleported from that farmhouse <laughs> to mars so all the appliances take a washing machine basket tie a fan to the bottom of it that has lips like carol channing and is voiced by carol channing <laughs> and they use a a um is it popcorn microwave oh fueled by popcorn <laughs> to transport them from the ground into orbit out of the atmosphere past the hubble telescope <laughs> and across the galaxy now for human beings i think it takes like six months to get to Mars? They get it in less than an hour, right? They get there in under 45 minutes. <laughs> and all well, it takes get, is a montage. No, remember, they get there and back within 45 minutes. Oh, they... they Movie-wise. They, they leave at 11 p.m. They're back by sunrise. Yeah. They, so they go to Mars. It turns out that going to Mars and back is the same distance of just, like, <laughs> running to your local Duncan. Yeah. Because the baby, and of course the baby is, now you might say, well, how is the baby able to survive on Mars where there's no oxygen on Mars? Well, there's a bubble. The same bubble that held, <laughs> that held the Solinskis. Bubbles are really industrial. I didn't realize. It <laughs> held the Solinskis. And uh, what's that movie? We, uh, we, shrunk we shrunk ourselves. The same baby is able to be held within a bubble. A bubble. And it gets very, I don't want to spoil it, but it gets very strange from there on I, out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the like, "Quote unquote antagonist, a calculator." Well, maybe. Oh. Well, it's it's also a well. The, it, technically, the antagonist, yes, but the the antagonist presents itself. Oh no, not a calculator. No, no, no. But there is a calculator. Yeah, there, there's a there's a very 
Wizard of Oz like twist. Oh, because we think the, the the villain is a gigantic refrigerator. Because apparently, <laughs> oh, because remember the uh, products of this company that produced appliances rebelled against their masters, hijacked a rocket, and went to <laughs> Mars. Where they're greeted by all the um, satellites that have crashed. Oh, yeah. And featuring the only voice work of DeForest Kelly, otherwise known as Bones from the right. original Star Trek. He plays wow. a, he play, he, I think he plays Sputnik. Or... See, the only thing I remember about this movie was that I felt so tired <laughs> as we were watching it. I was just trying to stay awake. It, it, it's a... It's a movie that is really for kids. You, you, if you have more than half of a brain cell, or you're nostalgic for it, right. but I think anyone who's into crazy, I mean, this is really, literally about a toaster's quest to Mars to rescue a, <laughs> a baby ab- in a bubble that's been abducted by evil appliances that have taken <laughs> over the red planet. How could you not enjoy a movie like and that? And also, how do you pitch that movie? Oh. But make it the third one, but technically release it second. And then there's the rat... Remember the rat has to like oh because the rat has to like uh, beat up the baby's monitor so the monitor doesn't alert oh, the parents. Oh right 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 right. Because the, the what's technically the third one well what is the third one but it's technically the second one. That's where the father the the master, the master. meets the mom of the gotcha. baby in in college. Remember they then call the computer at the at the college. Oh, you're right. Who then gives them the coordinates of how to get to Mars? We're gonna call computer. Yeah, and it's like a giant, you know, '90s computer, probably eight, late '80s computer. Right. Not an Oscar. It's not gonna win any Annie no. Awards for animation. But I love it <laughs> for because creativity because purposes. It should. Bizarre. The, the the brave little toaster goes to goes Mars. to Mars. Uh, that was good. That's bizarre. Uh, good choice. Right. This one, uh, you probably will get this one. All right. What are we at now? This is number three for me. Okay. Right on. Live for nothing or die for something. Your call. Live for your die hard. No. Uh, um, action movie for sure, though. That'll be hint number one. Live free or die hard. Nope, that's just the name <laughs> of a movie. What was, this, what was the phrase again? Live for nothing or die for something. Who's in this movie? Is this that hint number two you want? No, this is the one I'm asking for. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'll give you this. Okay. It's the fourth film in a movie. Not Live Free or Die Hard, though. The fourth film in a series. It's not Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> uh, was that four? I no, thought that was three. No, that was one. <laughs> so I was wrong. I'm totally wrong. Three Loves is not an action movie either. Um, Police Academy uh, Citizens on Patrol? Citizens on Patrol. No. Oh. All right. I'll give you one more hint. Okay. The main star is Sylvester Stallone. Rocky Four? No. <laughs> Fourth with with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> I know it's not two, but I, maybe you're counting. Oh, just other Marvel movies. Oh, okay. All right. Ready? Give, give, me, a, give me another bonus hint. Bonus extra hint. All right. We watched this movie together. And there's a part in it that made you cackle so hard you started crying. This is an action movie? An action movie. Monkey business? Or monkey trouble? (laughs) God, I can't think of it. Give me another hint. All right. Takes place in Burma. 
Oh, <laughs> my goodness gracious me. Why am I... I said Rocky. I didn't think of the other... You didn't think of, like, another... For some reason, Expendables 4 kept coming into my mind, but I don't think I've seen Expendables 4. Is I there an Expendable 4? Not yet, I don't oh. think. <laughs> God, oh, God. You know, I, I'm i I'm a loser. How did I, how did I not, why did I not think of that? You're right, you're right. Oh. See, and I want to switch it up on you too. I'm gonna I'm gonna count that that I got that one just because it's such a wrong answer of mine. <laughs> because it's so embarrassing. You're right. Rambo, Rambo 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 four you yeah. call it. But that one is I feel like it was a number of years ago already that you were on a big Rambo kick. Yeah, well I think because I got them on D V D and I was going through through them and I can't remember I feel like did we watch it first? And, we then watched, I, and then I watched the other ones because I'm looking through my my notes here, and this was back. I watched it back in um, 2019. Oh wow, so that okay. is a long time ago. I think that was anticipation of the new one, or the newest one at that time. Yeah, maybe I hadn't. God, I can't remember. I really, honestly, can't remember. All I remember is the scene where the where Rambo shoots the guy into jelly. <laughs> he he takes his machine gun and, and blow. We gotta watch that again soon because that is that is a. Well, and this was the first Rambo movie I ever saw. Yeah. Because w- that was the newest one when it maybe, was coming out. Yeah, maybe I then saw the other ones afterwards. But it's it's the most, well, is it the most violent? Yeah. I, it's it's consistently pretty, violent. It's pretty intense. But five had a particularly violent, well, two particularly violent moments. Right. Where, he, where you come in, the guy's head's been cut off in the bed. And then when Rambo rips a guy's heart he out with his the, bare hands. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And there's some horrible, horrible metaphor that, that Sylvester Stallone is trying to work with. But I, I mean, I remember seeing Rambo 4 and just being... It was revolting how graphic it was. It's, it's just, one of the most graphic movies I've ever seen. And also it's a movie that makes you feel dirty, too. Because you're just like... It doesn't let up with... <laughs> The se- just the severity of the violence. Yeah, no, it is... Uh... And remember, you were laughing too because we couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah, it's not funny, but it's... You laugh because of how unbelievably untoward. Right. And how unstoppably <laughs> violent. I mean... It is constantly. It's consistently... Isn't there a scene where people are eaten by pigs? Yeah, they... they well, these... They dangle they're them. like missionaries or something like that. They're going to like... Into Viet, uh, no, into um, Burma, Burma to try and help out the indigenous people there, and they get kidnapped by militant group of some place, and yeah, they they take one of the guys that they've held hostage and they hang him over a cage where there's pigs eating his <laughs> leg. I mean, and then there's this scene where <laughs> it's not funny, it's but it's where, where the where the bad guys make the prisoners run across a field. And there's just all these landmines. They're just <laughs> and blowing. And then all of a sudden, the guy steps out, and his legs like fly yeah. out. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, like it was like again, like I felt so like grimy. But yeah, it, I do think that of the five of them, that's the one that has always left an impression on that's me. That's the one that in pop culture, when you think of Rambo, even though it was only two thousand eight, I think before that you ha- people had this impression that Rambo was nonstop killing things mm-hmm. and the first Rambo has a, like a minimal body count yeah I think it's, I think that's why I didn't like it yeah I think by the time you have the second and definitely by the third well the third one's weird because our al- Rambo's allies are essentially Al-Qaeda but before oh. they're, they're the people who became Al-Qaeda gotcha so I, I might be don't all you history buffs out there get, get on my case but it's something like that where 
at the time it made sense, but now it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. Sure. But I love Rambo 4. Cause this is a, and, of course, the finale where it's just nonstop. Just That's the part People in which, getting shot into marmalade. Right. I mean, you know, Rambo takes a, a gun that's on the back of a huge Hummer and <laughs> turns it onto someone in the front seat of said car. So they're mere inches from it and they literally explode into jelly. <laughs> it's and like, ridiculous. I, I don't even know how to... Uh, Plot-wise, there's not really much that you need to know. Well, it's a simple plot. Rambo is trying to rescue the, the capture missionaries and bring them back. Right. That's about that's, that's about a, all you need. Yeah. And isn't there a scene where someone I, I gotta I gotta watch things. I'm remembering a scene where they're like in a um like a pit or like a, a lagoon or like a tar that pit. Does or kind something. of sound familiar. And yeah. It's just, yeah. Rambo four. That's a good one. How dare I not recognize How that? Dare right How dare I? All right. Let's see. <laughs> Ready for number four? Yeah. Am I number four now? You're on number four. Alright, let me see here. Okay, here's one. I never drink wine. Oh, what the hell? Let me try it. Hmm. Never drink wine. Hmm. Oh, no. hmm. Casablanca. No. Good guess, though, but no. I never drink wine. Oh, what the hell? Let me try it. Free Willy 4, Escape from Pirates. No, nope, that's, that's, that's a movie that needed wine. Here's a hint. The first part of the sentence is a very famous, iconic line. I never drink wine. What the hell? Let me try it. I'll take a hint. Okay, here's a hint. The second part of the sentence, oh, what the hell? Let me try it, is spoofing the first part. Hmm. I never drink wine. In the original movie, it goes, I never drink wine. No, 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 it doesn't. It goes, well, I can't read it exactly because it'll give it away too easily. I never drink wine. That's how it's oh, enunciated okay. in the first. In the original movie that this movie is doing a parody of. Hot Shots Part Two. No, good guess, though. Here, I'll give you another hint. This is how it was said in the original movie that this movie is doing a parody of. I never drink wine. Oh, Dracula dead and loving it. Okay. <laughs> See, that's the power of Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi has been dead for like 70 years. <laughs> and if you do his voice, you immediately know, Drac. The, gotcha. guy, the, the guy was treated like crap. He never got any money. <laughs> he died penniless. And people made so much. And he's so iconic. that Even dead. People, you just had to do you his just voice. automatically know who he is. Yeah, Dr Dracula dead and loving Oh, boy. I mean, Which, I don't know. Now, this was originally in my original list for last season. But, really? but I realized I hadn't seen it, and you hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it since... In a long time. I, I was in middle school, maybe. But we made up for that, unfortunately. And boy, did we pay. I mean, that was... Well, not pay, because you refunded it. I, re I got my money refunded. <laughs> but I don't know how it's possible for a movie to be so aggressively unfunny. <laughs> I mean, like, it it's the type of movie... or Rather, it's the type of comedy that assaults your senses... By consistently thinking that what it's doing is so funny. Yeah. And it just, it's like if a five-year-old penned a script. It came at that bad time where it was, where now Leslie Nielsen was no longer playing it straight. He was now playing Leslie Nielsen playing it funny. And where Mel Brooks, this was Mel Brooks's very last movie. And, you know, wow. this is what sort a, of... What a low note to... This is sort of the... the 
the reverse of I've heard people say that Spaceballs isn't up to the same standard, say, of Blazing Saddles, and that's probably true. That's fair. It's a more juvenile humor. But if Spaceballs is juvenile, this one is infantile <laughs> because it had. I don't think we laughed once. Because I'm struggling to think of a single moment that was funny. Even even someone great like Peter McNichol. That's who. That's who else. He was the only good part. I think we said of it. But I think even that too. We said, "Oh no, he's trapped because he's Renfield." And what what is there to say other than it's a disservice to Mel Brooks, it's a disservice to Leslie Nielsen, it's a disservice to Dracula. Like, and I remember when I was growing up, they used to show it all the time on WGN Superstation America, whatever school. And I remember there was a scene when I flipped to the station where I remember Leslie Nielsen getting sprayed with blood. Uh huh. And then we got to that scene, and it wasn't funny. It wasn't anything. No. Mel Brooks is in it as Van Helsing, I think. Like the and, and that's where it's like the jokes are so obvious. Yeah, there's no But then what I think Mel Brooks was trying to do is like, oh, well, here's a joke and we make it f- even funnier by now taking it to a point where it's not even beating a dead horse. It's putting the horse into an open pit, roasting marshmallows over it. Yeah, like, it's sort of like we're just going to keep doing jokes and maybe one of these 20 will be funny. And it turns out that not a single them, one of them are funny. Because oh, you know, the other sad person in this is um, Harvey Corman. Isn't oh it, yeah, that's right. And he's he's trying his best. He plays Doctor Stewart. Uh, Stephen oh, Weber Stephen is Weber's Hark, Jonathan Harker. Harker. And just it's a disservice to everybody involved, right? Because I mean, it's not funny. It's it's one of the most painful experiences. I think there's a big dance sequence that was kind of the the concept was kind of funny, right? Like, remember he's dancing and there's the mirrors, so it looks like Amy Asbeck is dancing with herself. Okay. Maybe. What else? <laughs> right. But that also comes like an hour into the movie. Yeah. It's a definite skip. This is a public service announcement to all of you kind people. <laughs> skip Dracula Dead and Love Yeah, it. if you want to... I mean, if you really want to like waste and never be able to regain an hour and a half of your life, <laughs> yeah, that's a way to do it, I guess. All right, so this is what for you? This is number four. Okay. The, I'll, I'll admit, this one is probably pretty challenging. Okay. And technically, the line is said by two different people. Okay. Jacobs, what do you have on Elaine Dickinson? Well, I'm two inches taller, a better dancer, and much more fun to be with. I want to say My Blue Heaven, but it's not My Blue Heaven. No, it's not. Okay, I need a hint. An actor we talked about in the last movie was one of the stars of this movie's first movie i need a hint for the hint <laughs> okay <laughs> who's the who's the give me the give me the guys leslie name. nielsen okay was the one of the stars oh is of, this one of the naked gun movies no is this wrong think, accused think uh think oh uh mr magoo <laughs> airplane the sequel yes I, I don't remember the part though but it's it's fine i mean basically airplane 2 the sequel is a, I remember us watching that uh, together. It's an attempt. It's honestly, it's a a not awful attempt to try and recapture the glory of the first movie. Okay, it's still not great. Yeah. I will say the funny, the like the funny switch between one and two is that rather than it just being an airplane, suddenly it's a trip to the moon. 
Right, right, right. I'm remembering this now. And William Shatner is the like he's on the moon base that they're trying to get to. Right. Um and that that exchange comes from um Lloyd Bridges and his like underling, Johnny. Yeah. From the original movie, who both are trying very hard in this movie. I remember it being a valiant attempt, but I don't know if it was a successful attempt. That's I feel like that was in the era of uh-oh, parodies are starting to get a little too... There's some really funny moments, and then there's some moments that just... You, you're looking at them, and you're like... You're thinking in your head, that's funny, but you're not laughing. I mean, it's better than superhero movie or... Uh, sure. Or uh, any, any of, of those... Any those, of those... Even, whoever those guys are. I... I who, who Who's the main actor in that? Robert Hayes and... Uh, Julie, was it Robert Hayes? Oh, wait, they're both back in the sequel. Yeah, God, that's Elaine, how, that's a little. Elaine Dickinson is. That's right. That's how little I remember <laughs> of Airport Two. The only other part two. I used to really like a lot is there's a scene where Elaine says to Ted, "You have to help help the crew. You know, everyone's getting panicked." And her boyfriend's name is Simon. She goes, and Simon turned to jelly, <laughs> and it's a big. Like jelly blob right. in a suit, and <laughs> I like, blah, blah blah blah. I remember that. I think it's a good, it's a okay movie. I don't think it goes to the how as good as what's the one where the woman hangs herself. That's one. One, yeah, that's my favorite joke. In, yeah, uh, any of those airplane movies. And you have the guy who's about to commit seppuku before he right. <laughs> gets stopped. But I mean, hey, all valiant attempts. Sure. All right. How about for this last round? We have the last round. Yeah. How about we? I'll give it to you, and you give it to me, and we have to kind of. Work it out together. Oh, okay, at the same time. Yeah. Okay, so you give me yours and I'll give you mine and we'll do it together. We're his parents. We'll handle this. Diane, how do we handle this? Okay, here's mine. Since squirrels hide nuts, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bizarre. Say yours again. We're his parents. We'll handle this. Diane, how do we handle this? Uh, Father of the Bride Part 2. No. Jane Keaton, I was thinking. Oh, okay. That wasn't her name. It was Nina. Nina Banks. <laughs> right. Uh, Squirrels hide nuts. <laughs> this is the, the toughest oh, one. Wait. Is it Loaded Weapon 1? No. Oh. But good guess. Because I remember there's a scene where Phil Hartman just randomly starts doing stand-up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Diane, he's our... Okay, give me a hint about yours. Okay. It's the second movie in a trilogy. Hangover Part 2? Mm-mm. Who's in this movie? Uh, Lloyd Bridges is a co-star. You have Amy Sutherland in a brief cameo. Beethoven's second. No. That's seven films, I think. <laughs> uh, hmm. Give me another hint. All right. Who's the main actor in this movie? Rick Moranis. Oh, is it Honey, I Shrunk Our Kid? Uh, I Blew Up the Kid? Yep. Oh, my God. How did I not know that one? <laughs> and I, I didn't realize you were going to do a We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> okay, so that's another. That's a good one. But we'll talk about that in a, in, more in depth in another one. But sure. that one, as we said. I, I was trying to find is a, something. It's a strange one because it makes zero sense Yeah. as, as a movie. It's very, very polar opposite in terms of tone from the original. Yeah, and... It also the the notion the of gimmick doesn't work in that one. Yeah, because it's the baby gets blown up 
Not not like in Rambo Four, where it turns into jelly, <laughs> but just gets really really big. Get really really big. It's a strange one. It's like a Godzilla meets baby geniuses. Yeah, kind of. And also, I just don't think that if you're going to make a sequel to a shrinking movie, that then flipping it and saying, "Oh, now it's going to be a movie about things getting even larger," right? It's making like, it. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't. I like no. switching Star Wars to be land peace. Right. Doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense as a movie. But I think we should do a whole episode on that. That's fine. Yeah, we'll say we'll table that conversation then. Okay, any hints any any ones about mine? I'll definitely need another hint for yours. Okay. It features Paul Walker. The late great Paul Walker. Furious 7. No. No. It also features Okay, here's a big hint. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper and Paul Walker. Want another hint? I'm trying to think of my Dennis Hopper movies. Oh. Well, here's a hint. It's not a Dennis Hopper movie. (laughs) But Dennis Hopper is in the movie. Oh, that was my angle. (laughs) All right, one more hint. Yeah. MC Ganey is in this movie. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Meet the (laughs) Deedles. The whole foundation. (laughs) Wow. Here's how IMDb describes the movie. Okay. Two surfers end up as Yellowstone Park Rangers and have to stop a former ranger who is out for revenge. (laughs) Because remember Dennis Hopper? He's like He's doing uh, something with the squirrels where he's trying to... Isn't isn't he trying to essentially move Old Faithful? Yeah, he's trying... (laughs) He's using squirrels like the penguins army. But he, like he's like trying to redirect the essentially the blowhole to be somewhere else. Yeah, and he's it involves squirrels somehow. So somehow the guy from Speed is now instead of trying to make a bus blow up, he's trying to essentially blow up a different part of the earth. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah. Hopper the the character has masterminded a plan to divert the hydraulic processes of Old Faithful through a series of underground pipes into an extinct geyser on land that he owns, ultimately creating a new park that would rival Yellowstone. <laughs> oh, maybe it was... Maybe, oh, no. Was that the squirrels or prairie dogs? But you're right. There was something about the animals. And all I remember is there's a scene, and MC Ganey is in it. I forget exactly what he's even doing. Isn't he like a guy who picks them up at the airport to get them to... Because remember there's the whole, this long joke where the the RV like just keeps falling down a cliff. But not even fall, like basically flying. Flying, Because it like, it launches and they're in the car and then they land on one hill, but then they keep falling down. But that happens, I think, twice twice or even three times in the movie it happens too many times <laughs> and it's and it's it's a disney movie technically buena vista pictures it's 93 minutes uh steve van warmer is the other deedle and it's kind of a i don't even know it's like a fish out of water surfers in yellowstone national it's Park. like but it's also like it kind of felt like biodome yeah it's of that genre of like the like the weasel you know the Pauly shore ripoffs uh-huh you know, like like there was always Martin and Lewis ripoff teams. Yeah, there was a Stephen Baldwin, Paulie Shore ripoff team <laughs> made up of Paul Walker. Oh, and you know the other guy is in it is Robert England. Oh, uh, wow, Mr. Fred Krueger himself. himself. 
And it's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's not funny. Movie. Although it Although, does feature the last feature film performance of the original Bart the Bear, who was the bear in the great outdoors. Oh, okay. Well, I also remember, and this is to spoil the ending because... You're not going to watch no. this. They somehow are able to create a beach in Yellowstone. Yeah. They, they like <laughs> Right, the ending is they're surfing in Yellowstone. And like... Oh, there! Look at this. We're we're doing both things that we like: surfing and protecting nature. <laughs> it's groovy, man. <laughs> I mean, it's an awful, awful piece. Why? Of crap. Why was it that we watched that one? I think it was one of those where we were like, "Well, it's on Disney Plus. Let's." We're, I think we're going. I think it was either that or unidentified flying eyeball. Unidentified, <laughs> unidentified flying oddball. And we were like, well, let's... Try. I think it's Paul Walker was in it. Yeah. We saw Dennis Hopper. It looked like an odd movie. Man, I'm embarrassed that I didn't think of that one. <laughs> I mean, that's what the whole... These whole that's the impetus behind the whole title. <laughs> oh, my God. We went from a miniature Rick Moranis to exploding Yellowstones <laughs> and... To an evil plan of taking over Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. <laughs> Obscure Obsessions 2 is directed and produced by Taylor and Nick Sicario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for episode details, previews, and more. And check out our blog at obscureobsessionsblog.blogspot.com for movie recommendations, lists, reviews, and articles. We thank you for your continued support.